You are listening to a message from City Church, located in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. For more information on City Church, or for additional resources, including service times, recommended readings, and additional audio, please visit citychurchpa.org. I want to welcome you this morning, and thank you so much for being here and worshiping with us. And before we go into God's word, um, this is a special Sunday for uh, us as a church um, uh, because we've hit another milestone as a church. Um, And so I want to ask Joe, Joe, would you come forward? Um, And so... And so here's what um, this day uh, represents for us. Um, this is my brother, Joe, Joe Gill. Um, and you've had the blessing of actually sitting under his preaching. And not only that, he's served the church tirelessly. And uh, the past couple of years, what he's been doing is that he's been going through um, a time of actually just like uh, elder training, a uh, time of elder training here at the church. And so for us, um, we believe that the term pastor, elder, bishop, presbyter, overseer is used in the scripture for one office. Uh, and so at City Church here, um, we, we, we call elders, uh, we call elders and pastors just the same thing. Um, um, there's those that are paid for it and those that are not. And so, um, and, and, and we've been walking through just those qualifications um, and that are found in First Timothy chapter 3 and then in Titus as well. So, um, so we, um, this Sunday for us today is, is taking Joe and putting him in front of you. He has completed uh, the task of actually just a time of examining. So uh, actually December 1st, we sat down uh, with the elders and our wives and uh, had a whole bunch of questions in front of him. Uh, just really examining him, uh, and and just really it was a sweet time uh, with him and Aubrey, uh, and they just serve our church in an amazing way. Uh, and so um, here's what we, we what today is. Today is not the day we install him as an elder. Today is the day we present him to you, uh, and we're saying that uh, for the next month, uh, this is just a time of review. Uh, we have sat down, uh, we have deemed him worthy uh, of being an elder here at City Church, uh, but we're bringing him to you in front of the church and we're saying uh, for the next month, if you've got any questions, uh, you've got anything that you might know about Joe that we do not know, uh, uh, any questions, any things that you need clarified, uh, would you please get a hold of us? Uh, so uh, t- from today until until uh, February 4th, uh, it's going to be a month of actually just like us waiting uh, for anyone who's going to come and say, hey, this is what I have a question with and stuff. And then on the 4th, uh, on the 4th of February, uh, we are going to bring him before the church and we're going to pray over him and lay hands on him and install him as an elder. Um, um, but Joe, thank you so much for um, what you've just, you know, what you've done, and not only that, who you've been. He's added a very, he's adding a very, uh, a, just a rich fabric into our elder team. Uh, and, and it's just really just been uh, amazing just getting to sit through um, and make even important decisions with him. So, um, so that's what this month is going to be. Um, so here's Joy, everybody. 
<laughs> right? So, um, so yeah, we begin a month, and so thank you so much, Joe. And here we go. All right. All right. So make sure you email us. Um, the best way to email us, you can email Raphael at City Church. Uh, Raphael at citychurchpa.org or uh, elders at citychurchpa. Uh, that means that every one of us get that email. So, um, and, and, and we will entertain any questions uh, you, might, uh, you might have. So this month, what we are doing is that we're jumping into the book of Acts and it's gonna be almost like a very, um, it's gonna be a rush through the book of Acts uh, but there's something that we're interested uh, in the book of Acts. What, we, uh, what we're longing for as we enter the book of Acts, uh, the book of Acts, if you do not know, uh, was the first, uh, uh, it just describes uh, right after Jesus has died and has risen and, and has risen and right before he ascends, he meets his disciples, uh, he meets his disciples, commissions them and tells them that they've got a missionary job to take the gospel to all nations, and and then after that he ascends and he goes to heaven, and and the church is born at that time uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, and and the Holy Spirit comes, and then now the church is born and it starts taking over uh, nations. And so, uh, what 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 has been very interesting uh, in the Book of Acts is seeing how prayer was very a very pivotal. Um, pivotal practice uh, in the establishment of the church, in the building and the growth of the church, in the expansion of the church, in everything the church did. And so, um, and so for us, we're going to the first church and then we're longing as the people uh, that are actually like, we, we, we saw it uh, through actually like what we've been confessing uh, in the month of December, uh, that we are actually like what, what you would call uh, one, uh, one, holy, uh, one universal holy Catholic church, like right, and so what that simply means, an apostolic church, and so what that simply means is that um, we are one church, one church that's that big, that's not the big C Catholics, a small, a church of all ages at all time in, in history right now and then all the centuries before, but also we are an apostolic church, meaning that we, we build upon the foundation of the apostles, those that Jesus gave, and that's what actually most of the new, the whole New Testament is, is those first witnesses who were apostles that actually wrote about what Jesus had commanded, and they handed it down to us as, as people. So one of the best ways a church can be apostolic is also by actually looking to those that were close to Jesus and following in their path and in saying that like, if Prayer was pivotal to them. Prayer should be pivotal for us. If prayer was important for them, prayer should be important for us. So if you can walk away with anything today, it is going to be this, that prayer is essential for the church's establishment and all of life that it is very essential for the church. And, and I know that it sounds crazy when I say the church is establishment because the church is not a building. You are the church. 
So it's important for, for, for the establishment of you as the church, right? And I love at least how Hebrews, we just came from, it says you are the house of God. You are the house of God. So in order for us to be fully established and rooted, it means that prayer needs to actually be a very serious endeavor for us. What is the church? And, and when you get into the book of Acts, and this is what the church is, it means to be those that are called out, ecclesia, those that are called out, the gathering of people into God's presence. And, and that's what like people that are called out, and that's actually it's an echo of Exodus, taken from Exodus, Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. It says this, now if you will carefully listen to me and keep my commandment, you will be my own possession out of all peoples, called out of all peoples, although the earth is all mine. And he says that, but the church is these people that belong to him, right? And you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. And so when you start reading 1 Peter 2, like that's actually what Peter is actually echoing. But you are a holy, you are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. This is, what they, this is an echo of that. And these are the words that you are to say to the people of Israel. So they, they were called out to be a kingdom of priests, but, and, and they were in charge. And God later on is going to tell them to, uh, to, 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 to come up with the tabernacle, a meeting place between God and his people. And he selects priests, and, and these are the people that are to actually sacrifice on behalf of God's people, and they are to actually intercede on behalf of God's people. But if if you follow from Exodus going onwards, when the priests when the priests have been said, uh, you will know that like from from Aaron all the way to Eli, we see that all priests like uh, eventually sinned, and and in fact it was the priesthood corruption that sent them into exile. So that in Hosea chapter chapter three it says this: For the Israelites must must live many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar without an effort or household uh, or household uh, idols so there was no priesthood at, at all when you got to the actually to Hosea where now they've been so unfaithful to the Lord so unfaithful so for centuries there was no one to mediate and they needed a perfect priest. We just came from Hebrews where we saw that Jesus is the perfect high priest. Jesus is the perfect high priest who comes in after a string and, and a history of corrupt priesthoods that had come. Jesus comes and he enters into God's presence. So the book of Hebrews calls him a merciful and high priest uh, in service to God. Uh, in chapter 2.17, it calls him a high priest in whom we confess in 3.1. It calls him the high priest who sympathizes with all our witness, weaknesses uh, in 4.14. It he calls him a high priest forever in 620. And he calls him the high priest of the good things that are already there in 911. Uh, and then he calls him the high priest over the house of God in Hebrews 10:21. And what did God, what did Christ's high priestly work consist of? It consisted of being the lamb 
that was going to be atonement for you and me. He paid for the sins of the world, but also his high priestly work was also actually involved, actually prayer as well. It involved prayer as well. So if you see what we covered in Hebrews chapter 5, 7, it says, during his earthly life, he offered, that word offered there is, an, is, a, is a priestly word. He offered prayers and appeals with loud cries and tears and to the one who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. And so it actually just calls Jesus' life on earth was a life of prayer. In such a way that now the disciples, they look and they see everything that he's doing. They go to him and they say, in Luke chapter, chapter 11, would you teach us to pray? Teach us to pray because we recognize that man, through the hustle and bustle of everything that's going on, people, where have you been? People are looking for you. You should actually just be responding to every single thing that's going on around you. But it looks like there's just this one thing that is this keystone habit in your life that is immovable. Man, it is busy, but we see you withdraw. You wake up early and we see you withdraw. And, and in, your, in, in, in your toughest moments, we see you go and you pray. Man, we fall asleep, but we're seeing you praying and you're praying even to the point in, in your points of distress as well. Jesus' life was distinguished by prayer on earth. And that's actually like during his earthly life. That's Hebrews 7. Like his earthly life. So if Jesus' earthly life was actually described using that it was a prayerful life, our earthly life also should become prayerful lives. And right? And but not only what he did then during his earthly life, what about now his heavenly life? What does his heavenly life look like? Hebrews chapter 7, 25 says this. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. What, what is he doing since he always lives? And this is actually like he always lives. What is he doing? What has he been doing for the past 2,000 years of his life? He always lives to intercede for them. He has been advocating for on behalf of you and I. And so look at this. His earthly life was, a, was, was, was described as a prayerful life. And he's now, he's what? His enthroned life is actually also a prayerful life, right? Where he is interceding for us, you and me, you and me, and he is praying. And so you can now look, his life is actually a prayer life. And so therefore, as his followers, we are called to become what? A prayerful people. So Christ transforms us. If he's a priestly king, Right, he is prophet, priest, and king. He's satisfied all those. Now, as a priestly king who also speaks God's word, he calls us now to actually a priestly life, 
to be a kingdom of priests. Look at Revelation 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. He was faithful in his witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the rulers of the kings of earth. He is now the enthroned and the king. And he says this, to him who loves us and has set us free from the what? From our sins by his blood, right? He has walked into the mercy seat and he has set us free. We're a liberated people. And but what he's liberated us to and made us a kingdom priest to, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It means that Jesus sets us free, liberates us, and that liberation now launches us into our priestly work of actually now going and offering prayer before him. That's what we are called to. And so when we now get into the book of Acts, the church is seen as a creature devoted to the priestly work of prayer. The church, that's what, at least if you start reading the book of Acts, immerse yourself in it, you will see that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a creature that is actually saying, man, our breathing and our breathing out is actually in him we live and move and have our being. Acts chapter 17, right? It says that it, this is, but like, how do we do that? It is by depending on him. It is not by uh, uh, detaching from the umbilical cord of our dependence of on God, it is now by actually committing to actually staying committed to the attached to 